world you are tuning into the show. All right, it's Friday night. I apologize for that. If you got, if you heard that, I was going to share this, and uh, the sound was on. I was trying to get the sound to turn off, and my computer was being slow, so the song ended on, on here, and there was that lag where the song was still playing uh, live for you guys, and I was trying to get it to turn off, and I wasn't on the screen to start talking, and I was like, uh-oh, my microphone's going to turn on in a second. I better start talking, so here I am. All right, so welcome, everybody. Right, share this out, share this out, share this out. It's Friday night, right? So we're going to be talking about what? Well, we're going to kind of get back to the law of one and what was going on with that. Although I am seriously considering going back and starting that entire 106 sessions over and retranslating it again, because when I started it was in 2017. And uh, in 2017, even the Dead Sea Scrolls were not trans, you know, translatable 100%. Uh, and now they are. And now uh, the uh, law of one is also it's a lot about what I'm going to get into here uh, about the scrolls and about the, the Bibles and the Talmuds around the world. And you know, the question is, those of you who uh, came here by uh, any place that I already posed that question, um, I posed the questions of, you know, what is the secret knowledge? Why was it locked away? Why was it not? Uh, given to the human race 5,000 years ago, 20,000 years ago? Why was it locked up and told, even with people who were talking to supposedly quote-unquote finger quotes, for those of you who are listening on the MP3 file and you can't see me, uh, those of you who are listening on the MP4 file, obviously you can see me, but those of you who are listening around the world on the MP3 file, you can't see my fingers doing finger quotes in the air, uh, where they, they said to the people, uh, you don't understand this, it's not for you to understand, we're going to lock this information up, but write it down and tell the world. And it's only for a time way in the future for a people way in the future. So why would this supposed uh, God, holy creator of the universe, uh, first of all, get mad at us because Eve ate some fruit and learned knowledge and then said, Adam, you got to learn. You got to eat this shit. And then they both went, oh, no, we're naked. That was the knowledge they learned. No, they learned a lot more than that. That whole story is only written the way it's written to and told the way it's told so that they could then um, uh, acclimate you women to the idea that that was the original sin that you guys committed and that you're uh, in some way inferior to men because of that. So shut the hell up. And that didn't really work. So they went on to the witch's hammer. Right. The book that they, you know, even Dan Brown talked about it in the, the Da Vinci Code. So if you saw that, read that book or read or saw the movie, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, if not, some of you know that if you've read Holy Blood, Holy Grail, which I have own, I don't have it here, but it's somewhere in my library, uh, that that's one of the books that Dan Brown based his uh, what if story on Holy Blood, Holy Grail. In fact, Lee T. Bing and um, uh, John Langdon, both of those names were anagrams for the writers of Holy Blood, Holy Grail. Uh, so those of you who are fans of Holy Blood, Holy Grail, you guys got that. And if not, you didn't get it then when Dan Brown explained it during his interviews, people started getting it then. Okay, so the witch's hammer, uh, they used all the way up until the Boston uh, witch hunts here in the United States, which was only a few hundred years ago, uh, where they were killing women. And it taught the men how to seek out, find, and shut up free-thinking women. Because women, by their nature, being nurturing, being that goddess by nature, 
women have a more spiritual uh, or a more inclination to become spiritual. I talked about this last week on my show, and I may have talked about it on Wednesday. No, I didn't talk about it on Skull Island, but I did on Orion Rising last Friday. So because of that, you women have been persecuted more than, than the men have forever to keep you shut up because you guys would quickly get on to what's going on. Okay. So you saw the video, right? Yeah. Uh, Jen said, uh, I saw the video and put it up on the screen. <clears throat> I'm reading it without my glasses. So I'll put it up on the screen here and I'll read it. Otherwise I'll have to put my glasses back on my reading glasses. I saw the video, some guys saying Satan and Lucifer aren't the same being. He says, Lucifer was a human uh, uh, free and God wants us to worship him. I couldn't believe that. Okay, I'll get into that. Let me let me get into that. Okay, um, and and why somebody said that? Let me put on my glasses to make sure I got the rest of your message uh, 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 proper here. Lucifer uh, wants humans free, and God wants us to worship Him. See? Okay, so I'm glad I put on my glasses. I couldn't believe it. Evil is getting stronger. No, they're not. Okay, and that that's the that's the little that's the little uh, truth with many lies that evil tells nefariousness cannot create anything they can only control things and destroy things they have to convince you me and everyone else to create for them that's what they've done here and that's what they're doing and that's another version of that that's the the, the lie that the devil and god are the same but opposite and but they're equal and they're both sitting in chairs facing each other on top of some mountain or in some throne room and they have this dichotomy between good and evil where uh, they uh, are are vying for the souls of the human race all that's a lie all that was invented by evil and nefariousness to make you believe it so that then all of us through osmosis would then empower evil in our minds and everyone else's minds and in our fears that evil is just as powerful as good and could win could w possibly win the fake war that's happening between good and evil do you understand so so that is that is like a complete absolute lie but I want to explain Lucifer compared to the devil. First of all, there was no Satan. There was no devil until it was invented in the far east and then incorporated into Catholicism in the Eastern Orthodox Church before the first and second council of Nicaea. During the time when they claim, which is the Hebrews only, the people who have been trying to uh, say that Jesus Christ is nothing more than a, a human ever, and they're trying because they because only their talmud is the real talmud, and only Jewish people are going to heaven. Everybody else are are uh, are Gentiles, and we don't get to go. It's kind of like the the uh, um, Christians with if you're not baptized Christian, you're not going to heaven. You're going to hell. Hell was a construct invented by nefariousness when they took control of all of the churches, which they have done. And they changed the, uh, the religion during the Council of First and Second Council of Nicaea, but that was only the most popular two councils that Constantine was in charge of. That's why we know the name Constantine. And Constantine is supposed to live forever because he was uh, a god got pissed off at him and made him immortal. That whole story comes from what? Anybody? Show of hands. Where does that story come from? If Peter from Ireland was in the audience right now, he would answer that question in a heartbeat. That scenario came from the north, 
Zinosman. That one came from the Vikings because Thor pissed off his father, Odin, and Odin took away all of his powers and sent him to Earth and made him mortal, but made him immortal still. But he could die as a mortal and then be reborn or heal, but he had no powers anymore. And and that's the story. And that Odin had to redeem himself in the eyes of his father. The Christians got a hold of that and said that that's what happened to Constantine. And that Constantine was immortal and around even today because he still hasn't made amends for pissing God off by screwing around with the Bible and all of that stuff. Okay, so that's all bullshit, too. Right, that's borrowed from the Viking folklore and put into Christianity so that they could tell the Christians the same thing they did, uh, or the Vikings, the same thing they did when they showed up and said, well, look, your God dies when our God died, Jesus Christ. See, because Jesus was born in December, which before that he was born somewhere in July, that all of a sudden he was born in December. Uh, and Easter was, was all of a sudden in March, where Easter before that was in December. Weird. Strange things. You can look this up. I'm not making any of this up. I am, in fact, a Christian minister. For those of you who don't know that, I'm an ordained minister. I'm also knighted by the Holy Roman Catholic Church, which makes me a, a monk or a paladin, which makes me a minister in the Catholic Church. So the Catholic Church and then all other Christian churches, because as a Catholic, you can't become a priest or a minister. You can be a minister in the Catholic Church and, and, and administer, that's where you get the word minister, administer the, the, uh, the you know, go to people's houses and, and give them the, the sacrament, the wine and the, and the little wafer, but you can't be the priest in charge of a church unless you go to their seminary. But as an ordained minister, I can be a priest or, or the, their version, the equal version of that, padre, father, minister, baptized, you know, a, a uh, a, a bishop or whatever in any other Christian religion, quote unquote. Okay. So I am ordained uh, outside of the Catholic church as well as inside the Catholic church. So I'm not throwing rocks at the, at the, the Christian religion because I'm uh, an atheist. Just know that. Or I belong to another religion because I don't, I don't actually belong to any religion these days because I actually understand, not understand quote unquote, Right. Because if you understand, you stand under someone and we don't stand under anyone. Bill, welcome, my brother. It's been a long time since I saw Bill here. Hi to everybody in the audience, by the way. Those of you who said hi. Jen said hi. Julie said hi. Right. Uh, Lenore said hi. Uh, uh, who else? Uh, uh, Brianna, uh, Wayne, uh, Bill. Did I miss anybody? I'll have to go through uh, for anybody that I missed. Right. Uh, Denise is here as well. Uh, like I said before, share this out, share this out, share this out. Oh, Casey. I, I don't want to miss Casey. Right. Everybody who's here. You guys, uh, okay, so what is this information? What is this knowledge? And why was it locked up for so long, right? And then why was it guarded and not told to anyone for all this time? Well, because we wouldn't understand it. That's us, us standing under something again, right? Oh, but we wouldn't understand and we weren't ready for the knowledge. Well, what knowledge exactly were we not ready for? Was that the knowledge that that was given to us in the Garden of Eden, Eden that pissed off God and God kicked us out? Or is this a different kind of knowledge that's not that same knowledge? And why would God, the holy creator of the universe that's giving us complete autonomy, free will, carte blanche, then write Ten Commandments saying, thou shalt not this, thou shalt not that, and thou shalt not this, and, and one of which is very egoic, for a all-seeing, all-knowing, loving creator of the universe, 
by saying, Thou shalt not worship any other god or idol over me. Why would God feel that he or she or they had to say to someone, You shall not worship anyone over me or I will destroy you. Because if I'm giving you free will, I shouldn't have to say that to you. In fact, if I'm that intelligent and I created the universe, there would be no reason for me to say that to you. Me, this construct of a human being, Leonard O'Neill, sitting here in front of you in a 3D reality, I understand the difference. On my lowly little teeny level, just barely above the egoic reach. So if I get that, why did the creator of the universe not? Ergo, as an adult, I can surmise the Ten Commandments were not, in fact, written by the creator of the universe. Ten Commandments are bullshit. Okay? And if you don't think that I'm just saying that and making that up, I would refer to you, I don't have the passage in verse, but I would refer to you to the law of one and listen to the, or read the law of one. And as you're reading, I would say probably in the first 10 or 15, give it, give it 20 or 30 sessions, you're going to see that Raw warns that the Ten Commandments were in fact written by the Orion uh, um, crusaders who are the evil people, nefarious people from Orion who've come here and have tried to take this planet over. Okay. So the 10 commandments are crack, crap. They're bunk. They're bullshit. They're, they're, uh, they're, uh, nonsensical, normal things that any adult adult would understand, understand, there goes that word programmed into my mind that I stand under something or on, under someone, would actually get those things. Don't murder someone, thou shalt not kill. Don't bear false witness against someone. Don't covet your brother's wife or anybody else's wife for that matter. Right? There's just a few. And then you go on and the rest of them are like gluttony and, and greed and, and normal, what's the word? Right? What's the word? Common sense. Well, it's only common if everyone has it. Do you see? So why would the creator of the universe have to tell us commonsensical things that adults would know are wrong to do? That'd be like if one of the Ten Commandments was, don't put your hand in fire, that'll burn you. It's just as plausible as don't bear false witness against someone. This, there's no difference in my mind as an adult. Don't touch that. That's your brother's. Right? Do you, do you see? Don't touch that. That's your brother's. That's your neighbor's. Uh-uh. Right? Don't lie. Don't stop lying, child. That's something you tell a child. That is not something the Creator is setting in stone for us. Okay? So the Ten Commandments are bunk and they're out. So what is this knowledge? What is this knowledge? And how many other things in these so-called Talmuds are bullshit? Let's get back to um, what, what uh, Jen was talking about, Satan and, and uh, uh, Lucifer. I didn't forget about that. Okay, so Satan was a construct after the devil. The devil needed a name. Okay? So there's if you look at different religions at the time that Satan was invented after the devil, uh, in fact, the devil was not brought up anywhere in any Bible, including Christianity, 
Jesus once, while getting rid of uh, of legion, when they the the, the demons that were in the the person and they calling themselves legion, he said, "Out you devils!" Now you have to understand that at that time, which we're talking about over two thousand years ago now, just like the word companion literally meant spouse two thousand years ago, now companion is just hey, that's my bud, that's my friend, that's my companion, compadre. No difference in those words. It means someone who you're hanging out with. Doesn't even mean someone that you're having sex with at all. It just means, hey, this is a buddy of mine. This is just like my amigo. All those words mean the same as his companion now. Back then, companion meant wife or husband. Okay? So the, the word devil was a word that you said for someone who was nefarious. It didn't mean the most evil character uh, in any soul of everyone in the universe with a pitchfork and red and all with the horns and a tail and fangs and that little black mustache and little black goatee that they draw the devil with. Okay? So when they were changing the religion... And some would say, the, the, the Hebrews would say, creating Christianity, um, that, which is weird because, because they, they, if they created Christianity, here's the thing about that. Let's get into that. Wait, wait, wait. Let me finish this, the Lucifer thing first. Then we'll get back into that. Okay. So the devil was created out of thin air, but that they had layers of hell, purgatory. They needed to, to incorporate that. It was in the Eastern Orthodox Church. When they got together at the Council of Nicaea, the first one, the Eastern Church would not back down on that because they knew that the population of the people they were trying to convert, namely China, Mongolia, and you know everything that is Asia and Southeast Asia, was far larger than the population of the rest of the world combined. They wouldn't back down on keeping that hell and purgatory and the devil, right? This, this, the, the, the devil in their, in their Bible. So Constantine said, okay, it was first, it was, it was David, right? You have to realize that King David also did that, changed the Bible. Okay. So it wasn't just the council of Nicaea that was done by Constantine. Everyone thinks that King David was in charge of that different councils, guys, look it up. So during all of that, they decided, okay, we're trying to incorporate all the books from Eastern, Northern, Southern, Western all together into one Bible. But there's all these books in here that are telling the story of the truth that we can't have when we want to control the narrative and control the people. So in a sense, Christianity was invented because they took all of these books together, threw out the ones that they didn't either understand or told the story of like the the look up the gospel of the truth the gospel of truth uh, and read that out of all of the dead sea scrolls i always tell people start with the gospel of truth then move on to everything else because that one will blow you away more than any other gospel in the dead sea scrolls even the nag hammadi which is uh which is the egyptian uh culmination of all of the dead sea scrolls into into one uh library uh, so it's not different. So people say, well, you know, what's the difference? There is none. That's just like uh, the the uh, the gospel of um, that they call the gospel of uh, of uh, what's his name, Trismegistus, which uh, which is uh, two different people. If you look into that, there's a completely different, but they they've kind of merged over time. Uh, so Hermes is now instead of uh, venerated as a as a god, Hermes is the person uh, that is responsible for the 
basically all the Freemasons on the planet and Freemasonry uh, and the story of alchemy. He was also an alchemist. So because of who he was, there's a difference between Hermes, the God who gave the books and Hermes, the man, just like Satan and, and Lucifer. Now, Lucifer, let's get on to that. Lucifer was a human being. Lu I'm sorry. Lucifer was a being. I don't know if he was human. Lucifer came here with what we call the Atlanteans, okay? Lucifer was an Atlantean. When the Atlanteans had their war, that's the war of the gods that the, that the, uh, uh, the Hindu books talk about. When there was the war of the gods, the gods couldn't decide what to do here on the planet, and there was a power struggle between the nefariousness. Does it sound familiar? Kind of just like what's going on on the planet right now between all of the evil people that are trying to be in charge of the planet? So half of them left and tried to destroy the earth, including killing their own people off that were still here. That's and hence stranding them here. They couldn't leave. They were stuck here. So that's when they took apart, disassembled their spaceships and made cities out of them. And then they spread out. The survivors spread out and went to the four corners of the earth and became the powers that be today and all of the people that are the rich elite families claim to be descendants of these same people now how's that possible if you watch the documentary above majestic which came out in 2017 genetically a little girl here in america proved that all the presidents of the united states were all related genetically by mistake it wasn't a plan it wasn't a scientist who were doing it was this little girl that was doing her dna and thought i wonder who barack obama's related to and somehow got a hold of Barack Obama's DNA to have it checked and bingo. And, and then the guys from that made the, the documentary about Majestic went further and showed you that every single leader of the known world today goes backwards in history to the D'Est clan in France, which had the elongated skulls, which goes back in history to the Atlanteans. And the Luciferians, the guy who was in charge of the Atlanteans who stayed here was Lucifer. So the people worship Lucifer and the religion of Lucifer, the Luciferians, because they believe they're direct descendants from those people who they claim own the planet. This is not uh, speculation or just crazy stuff that I'm making up. This is actual part of the stuff they tried to erase from history by burning Alexandria and locking everything up in the Vatican and, and trying to, to get rid of everything during the uh, Renaissance. Again, trying to destroy every bit of information from the real past of what's really going on. Okay, so what was this knowledge again? Back to the sacred knowledge, right? That people are coming out now and they're like, I am the keeper of this secret knowledge that everyone needs to know about now. Where were you for the last 125,000 years while these people were stuck? And why is it that this knowledge was locked up and could only be told now? Why? Does anyone have an actual answer for that? Right? Now, I know that you don't. And the reason that I know that nobody does, you guys can try. But the reason that I know that nobody does is because I've been sitting on this information for a long time because I have found when I say things like I did about six months ago, hey, wow, um, I'm reading the scrolls from the Dead Sea, and I've been reading those for 20 years, and I never really understood them. And now all of a sudden, there's a word again. I never understood them. I never got them. I never could translate them into what they mean. And all of a sudden, they're making sense to me. Everybody around me is like, oh, well, yeah, yeah, me too. 
yeah, man. Oh, yeah, I, I know all that. I'm like, really? How come no one ever told me this until I mentioned it to people? Huh. As Arsenio Hall would have said back in the 80s, things that make you go, hmm. So what I've started doing is not telling people what I know to see what people really think they know and saying things on my show and on other people's shows and in my posts that if somebody actually knew what I know and what I'm going to talk about in a minute, that someone would say, hey, you know what? I think I think this. And no one said it. And I've given people so many clues that when now, when I say this stuff to you, if you go back and watch any show I've done for the last four months, you're going to go, holy crap. He really has been sitting on this and he's been testing the world from then until now. Why? Because I'm tired of every time I say something that I know is groundbreaking, everybody around me going, well, yeah, man, I knew that. Oh, yeah, I already I, I saw a documentary on that, like in the 80s, man. And I'm like, no, no one has ever that I have found anywhere on the planet. OK, that's not true. <laughs> that's not true either. Because everything that is knowledge of what's really going on is actually telling you this without telling you this, doing the same thing that I've done. If you read the Nagamata, if you read the, the Tao Te Ching, if you read the Buddha, if you read anything, if you read the Law of One, if you read Thoth's Emerald Tablets, if you read any, any creation story, then it's there. Okay, thank you for those of you who are sharing. Bill, thank you. Jen, thank you. Anyone else who shared this who didn't say I shared this? <laughs> I thank you for sharing it. Please share this because this information is actually important. Actually, very important, right? The only person who got onto it was the Oracle when I was talking to her. Those of you who know the Oracle and know who she is and what chat we were talking, I it, when she got onto it, I said, and you're getting onto what I was saying. And she said, boom. And I said, boom, mic drop. So she actually was, at first, she wasn't sure where I was going. And then when I kept prodding, she got it. And she was like, oh, yeah, because I knew she would. Because I knew that she, she just didn't realize where I was going there. Okay. And then she was, then she got it. So that's the only person, everybody else in every chat that I dropped this uh, same question in that most of you saw before you got here from one place or another, hopefully. If not, then you can see just the, the title of this here. Nobody else gave me any inclination at all. They didn't even answer, right? And I said, if you know the answer to these questions that I've asked above, then you know what I'm going to talk about on my show, or please tell me. Nobody said a word. Okay. So the knowledge that was kept from us, by whom? Who by? Okay. The knowledge that we learned in the Garden of Eden was not knowledge that the Creator was keeping from us. It was not. That, again, is nefariousness trying to stop us from learning about ourselves. Is this a 3D construct prison that we're in? No. And yes, I talked about this on my show last week. It is a prison only of the mind created by the creator. Not created, not created, I'll say that a third time, not created by third dimensional or fourth or fifth or sixth or seventh or eighth or ninth or tenth or any dimensional beings other than the creator. Okay? 
However, the knowledge of the creation, the knowledge of the prison of the mind for babies, for children's souls only, not for adults or adolescent souls, for baby souls. That information was found out by the people of Atlantis, and they used that information against the people here on this planet. Not just here, but other planets as well. Other planets get stuck, right? There are planets in this solar system, both Mars and Moldek, both got stuck at different times for different reasons. Moldek blew themselves up, and all the souls got frozen in catatonic state because they blew themselves up, and in an instant, all of them that was where the story comes from in the Star Wars, where a planet blows up and the people who uh, feel the force. Oh, it's, it, it felt like an entire a planet just cried out in terror and was silenced all at once. That was, the, that was a, a telling of Moldek. Do you understand? Do you see? You have to realize that everything, every bit of knowledge of everything in the universe is actually right in front of us. If you watched uh, the, the uh, Battlestar Galactica that came out in the 2000s, right? If you watched that, the Cylons talked about the one true God. They talked about a 36,000-year timeline of a circle of things that happen and then rehappen and then rehappen, and the events change slightly, and all of the people and their souls change who they are and where they are. Does that sound familiar? Any of you who are used to or understand or understand or have the knowledge of the Mayan calendar, right? 36,000-year cycle sounds kind of familiar to you. Okay, so, but they were also, they added that in as being very Egyptian. <gasps> Wait a minute, Leo. Is there a 36-year, 36,000-year cycle in Egyptian mythology? <gasps> yes. There is. Where else is a 36,000-year cycle? Um, <gasps> Bohemian religion in the north, where the Vikings are from. Wait, where else? <gasps> the Book of Marduk from Mesopotamia. So wait a minute. There's a 36,000-year cycle play that is in every single one. Even the Hebrew Bible? Yeah. Okay, so that's an important cycle for people to, to understand because the, the modern religions up until 2012 would have you believe the earth was no more than 5,000 years old and that humans had only been here for 3,000. Yet we have now found human remains that date back 187,000 years. 187,000 years. And that's just the, the latest one we found. We've found pottery and shit that goes further back than that, but no human bones yet or human remains for us to then say definitively that humans were here further and further back. Okay? So what is the knowledge that was locked away 3,600 years ago? Wait a minute, what? Where's another cycle? Oh, hold on. In Battlestar Galactica, the prophecies were written 3,600 years prior. There's that number, three and six. Wait a minute. 
What does the numbers three and six have to do with anything? Right? Oh, wait a minute. Three, six, nine. The three energy, the six energy, and the nine energy that Nikola Tesla talked about and a lot of other people. I did an entire hour essay on this, and I've talked about it many, many times on my show. Penny's starting to get it. Penny says, I, I understand, right? Right? And then Laura says, oh, to it. Spill the beans. Okay. Enough screwing around. Right? She says, spill the goddamn beans already. <laughs> Laura said that. Okay. So the first grouping of knowledge was all of the knowledge that is in the Dead Sea Scrolls that tell us of our actual origin and what our creation was. Okay? So that's the first knowledge, but that's not the complete knowledge that I'm talking about. But I have to explain the first knowledge to get to the second knowledge. Okay? Because the first knowledge is the human race is not trapped here because of a 3D prison. And when you die, that whole, well, but you're here on a secret mission is not a lie to keep you uh, coming back so that you get reconditioned. They would rather you leave and go home. But if you try to come back here, they want you back here as soon as they can because when you come back in, you get veiled again. You get mind wiped and you don't remember anything. So they want you one or the other, either for you to leave and go home completely so that there's no help here or that you get veiled and then they can use the constructs that they have to keep you from learning the knowledge that you're supposed to know. That's the knowledge from the Garden of Eden. That's the knowledge that are in the Dead Sea Scrolls. However, why is it that, and this is the knowledge we're getting to, why is it that that knowledge in and of itself and the other knowledge that was written in other prophecies that followed in the Hebrew Bible, the Christian Bible, the, the Quran, and other uh, versions of the Bible that said this knowledge is to be locked up until the end, until time of what? Till the Kali Yuga. Kali Yuga means what? Time of tribulation. Ragnarok, that's the version that the Vikings called it. Armageddon, the Christians call that, or, or you know, there's a couple other words they use for that. Okay, so why would that knowledge be locked up? Who locked up that knowledge and why? Was that knowledge locked up by nefariousness? Why would they do that? Why would they give a knowledge and then lock it away? That knowledge was not locked up by nefariousness. It was kept locked up by nefariousness. In fact, it was tried to be eradicated so that that knowledge was gone so that we couldn't then study it and learn it in some time in the future. Do you see? So why then? That means that the creator must have locked that knowledge away. So here's the theory. Then we'll get to the knowledge. We're getting to it, Laura. Please be, be patient with me. I know I've gone on for 30 minutes, uh, but, you know, this is an hour show minimum, right? So, but, I, but I'm not doing that just to stretch time. I'm doing this so that you guys get and understand the importance of what I'm about to tell you. And when I do, you're not, you're going to go, oh, fuck. Oh, fuck, I knew that, right? It's going to become very uh, apparent to you. And I don't mean apparent, I mean apparent. Okay, so if, in fact, this place was created for baby souls as a prison of the mind, then usurped, taken control of this matrix by nefariousness to then not allow us to graduate at the same time, the knowledge that we need to do so was also locked away, but not locked away by nefariousness because they were trying to hide the knowledge completely anyways and get rid of it and eradicate it. 
burn it and destroy it, but people still kept it and, and skirted it away. So the knowledge in and of itself had an end time that it was designed to become knowledge that would be learned and known. Okay? Now, why is that important? Why is that important? The reason that that is important is because of one passage in the Christian Bible that says the devil will be unleashed on the earth for a time. Okay? So, Evil would have you believe that the devil and God are just as powerful and they're vying for control like Batman and the Joker for the, the souls of Gotham. And Gotham is Earth. That's a lie. Then the, the, the Bibles would have you believe that this knowledge, the sacred knowledge that Eve tried to get by, and that was the original sin, shut you women up. Shut up, bitches, or we'll turn you into to, uh, newts. We'll kill you. We'll throw you in the water. We'll sink you. We'll kill you to stifle you because we can always create more of you by keeping the dumb ones around. That was what they did. I'm not saying that I agree with that because I don't. It's a good thing you women were more spiritual than men or none of this knowledge would be around. <laughs> okay? So, so then it would suggest that the knowledge in and of itself was in fact locked away, not by nefariousness, but by someone else. So it wasn't locked away by humans because, well, in a sense it was written, well, it, the weird thing is, the weird thing is that while I was listening to some of the, uh, um, on, on the tape, some of the, the scrolls, I realized that the language they were using that was written thousands of years ago had modern day english words in there that are understandable by us and that if you took because it, it would there's a couple of scrolls where they actually repeat themselves over and over and over and over the scroll is only a certain segment long like a chapter and every chapter is the same chapter from before in not all the scrolls but in like two or three of them and it's the same chapter and it's being told slightly differently by a different dialect and if you take all of them together and you take all of the words that are modern English and you put them together and you take all the words that are old English and put them together and you take Coptic and put them together and you take Farsi and put them together, you find out that they were jumbled on purpose and that only when you take all of them and put them together do you read the entire chapter in a language that you can understand. It was written in seven different languages and then there's that number seven from the churches right of the world in the different languages and then separated and jumbled so that only people who could decipher that now i don't read all of those languages but i do understand there's that word again that's in my programming in my brain i do understand a few of those especially the english and the western uh judeo-christian languages of europe I know enough of most of the languages. I'm currently learning 14. I know enough of most of the languages, and I taught myself old French, old English. So when those words were, and I'm listening to that, and I go back and I was listening to it, all of a sudden, my brain was piecing it together. Wait, this word was in that chapter, and this one was in that chapter, and that one was here, and I understood this, 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 and this. So then all of a sudden, it came together, and I actually deciphered 
in my mind what they were saying, and I went back again and checked. Then I started cross-referencing. I was going to do an entire documentary on this. I'm not kidding you. And cross-referencing the language. Then I went to the other scrolls, and I started looking at the other scrolls in their languages and the translation into modern-day English so that we could understand. And even going all the way back to the story of Marduk, I realized, and I've talked about this several times, that all of the scrolls are the exact same story told slightly differently throughout time, only in that what is the is the religion that they're trying to get a hold of? Is it a monotheistic male-dominated religion? It is a is it a monotheistic female-dominated religion? It is a dual is it a dual aspect of a male and female equality, God and goddess, or is it one godhead which is an androgynous male-female character? That's the only difference in any of the stories. Everything else that happens is is only slightly different. And I've talked about that several times. I was going to do a documentary about that as well. So what is the knowledge that was gleaned from all of that? That's why I tell people, start with the, the, the uh, gospel of truth first. The gospel of truth explains the Jesus character, which then if you read uh, um, uh, uh, Joseph Campbell's book, The Hero with a Thousand Faces, he kind of was onto it and alludes to the same thing. And then once you start to, uh, to understand all of that, you go back to all these books. The Tao Te Ching, right? The the Book of the Way. That's what that means. If you go to the Buddha, the Book of the Way. You go to the Talmuds from uh, the Emerald Tablets of Thoth. You go to the to the to the uh, Talmuds of the Hebrew religion. The Talmuds from the from the uh, you know the modern all the modern the Muslim religions. And then you look at everything Egyptian all the way back to Mesopotamian, the Vikings, the Scots, the Irish, the Japanese, the Australians. All of that. And then you mix that with modern stuff from the Aborigines, the Hopi, and all of that. And you look at everything in South America, and, and then you realize they're all telling you the same thing. And it's and you're capable of understanding it now, when in a time prior to now, nobody was able to understand it. And I know that nobody has understood it the way I'm telling you now, because I've talked about it, and people only say, oh, yeah, I knew about that. And then when I go, where did you learn that? How did you learn that? Even people who have read every, I've read all the Bibles and I've spent my entire life, and then I talk to them, and they don't know what I know. Okay? But then when I tell them, they go, oh, wait a minute. And then they go back and start looking at things, and they're like, oh, my God, you're right. And I'm like, well, yeah, I know. Now, I'm not saying I'm the only person who's translated this, because other people are translating it now, because they were supposed to. Now, what is this knowledge, and why was it locked up, and who locked it up from us? Okay? If, in fact, there was a time when evil people came here and tried to take over the planet, and then they usurped the Matrix, and they're hiding the, the real Matrix with their own little Matrix, which is what they're doing, and these people have gotten stuck on this planet, and they were stuck for hundreds of thousands of years, why is it that by design, no one was supposed to wake up until now? Who did that? I just went over the fact that it wasn't nefariousness. And it, well, I just went over the fact that it wasn't us humans. We tried to eradicate. Nefarious tried to eradicate it. Okay? So there's only one answer, and you all know it. It's all right in your heads, and you know it. Okay? It's all by design. All of it. Okay? All of this 
Let's be objective. Let's go back to the conversation I had with a rabbi, and he was playing the, the God's advocate. And he was saying about God being objective and that I, as God, have an objective side to myself. What does that word mean? To be objective. Okay? So, right, Penny. Right. Penny's on to it. <laughs> right? Source does what is meant to be at the right time. By design, the devil shall rule the earth for a time. And then that time will end. That time has ended. Bakhtun 12 ended in 2012. Bakhtun 13 is starting. Bakhtun 13 is the time, the time of trouble, the Kali Yuga, is in between there. We are in that time now and ending that time. We're at the end of the Kali Yuga, the time of trouble. We're at the end of Ragnarok. But you have to remember that it's darkest just before the dawn. So the nefariousness that is on this planet is doing everything they can do to make us suffer because we're waking up and they want us to go back to sleep. So they're doing everything in their power to try and destroy as many of us as they can because they wanted to nuke the planet and get be done with everybody and everybody would go back to sleep because we'd all recycle. But that can't happen anymore. So now they tried to poison the planet and get everybody to live in fear to control them so that they could lock down the planet, and that didn't happen either. That didn't work out. So now they're still doubling down and trying to do it again. we got all these elections coming up, not just in the United States. Those of you in the countries that you're in, you know that you have the same kind of elections coming up. And you, and you see the cycles going the same. Like here in the United States, they're now focusing on January 6th. And they just did this three-hour uh, three tour, this three-hour fake-ass show where they left out all the real knowledge that I talked about and many other people, thousands and millions of us talked about since the beginning of, uh, uh, you know, of, uh, of this coup and then getting on to January 6th. And if, you, and if you're watching the one news agency that's, that's talking about it on the, on the air that they're still trying to get rid of uh, and not the other news agencies, they laid out for you last night during that three-hour time period, they laid out for you all of the information with people who were there whistleblowers and investigators and people that were in the government at the time telling you the information that they left out, okay, that shows that they orchestrated the whole fucking January 6th, that they orchestrated the whole thing. I said that January 6th. I said that while it was happening because I saw all the signs. Now, this knowledge is the knowledge that we need to know to end this nefarious fight. But why was it locked up by God, by the Creator, until now? What was the purpose of that? Everyone thinks there's a battle, a war going on between good and evil. That's the lie that evil is trying to tell you to get you to believe so that you fight. Because by fighting and thinking there's a war and we have to defeat evil, that will never happen. Evil is a construct that has to be in this place for children, and it has been for about a billion years or more, probably somewhere like 100 billion years. And it will be until the universe thinks of a better way for baby souls to be, to be brought into existence and to be brought up to speed and tested to make sure that you are, in fact, not either nefarious or woke. <laughs> That you are, in fact, really awake. And that only people who are awake 
actually know that. So everything that I'm telling you right now, everybody in the world that hears my voice, those of you who think I'm a complete nutball and don't know what I'm talking about, it's because you're not ready to know this knowledge yet. That's all. But those of you who are ready to know this knowledge, you're going to ring with truth. When you hear this, you're going to go, wait a minute. I get what he's saying. I'm thinking that I'm understanding, understanding, there's that word programmed into my brain again, understanding what he's saying. Because you're ready. Those of you who are ready will ring true with this. Those of you who are not are going to go, no, no, I don't, I don't think so. And since I have free will, I, I can believe that what you're saying is just what you believe. And that's okay. <laughs> it really is. Because there'll be a time when, like all the other people ahead of me, are now looking at me going, welcome, brother. There's an oar. Sit down next to Snorri. And every time that kid hits the drum, you row, okay? And then when he hits it again, you pull the oar out, you lean forward, and then he hits it again, and you pull back. And if we all do it at the same time, we keep the boat moving the way we want, and then we all can get home. Right? <laughs> because humans are not mentally ready. They're designed, Penny, to not be. Okay? Let me explain. that I was talking about this with the oracle. First and foremost, the, the, if you look at, if you look at the, uh, the chakras in the human body, the human body is the microcosm, little teeny cosm, to the macrocosm, the universe. So all of the chakras that we have, the major chakras that come, the kundalini chakras that started our base root with red and ended up with the, with the uh, purple that above our head, our crown. All of those chakras are the same chakras the planet has, the same chakras that a tree has, the same chakras that everything that is life has in creation. The universe itself, when you keep expanding from a single-celled organism to a double, to a triple, to a triple or a double helix, and then to you know uh, multiple uh, uh, life forms, corporal forms, and then you go past that to the planet, past that to the solar system, past that to the galaxy, past that to a universe, past that to a multiverse. It's still identical. If you look at those of you who've never seen my show before, those of you who are on the MP3 file, you've never seen the visuals that play during my intro music. Those of you who watch my show, if you haven't watched that video, there's a reason for that video to be there to play. Go back at some point and watch that one minute and 37 second song and look at the visuals that you see during all of the spirals, which is very important. And that and the secret to that spiral is there. It tells you itself. I made sure that that was in there. The mathematical equation, the Fibonacci sequence, the the uh, golden mean ratio, the numbers are all there for you to see when you get to the radial image of a human brain cell and the radial image of the universe. Stop and pause and look at that for a while. You're going to see that those two pictures are side by side. And one says the human cell, the other one says the universe. If you look at them and superimpose them over each other, the only difference between those two, a human brain cell and the universe itself, is that the universe itself has about a billion more tentacles than the human brain. Because we are the microcosm to the macrocosm. So we're simpler, yet just as complex. So the human brain cell is identical to the universe itself. What does that mean to you? That means that the universe is one brain cell in a larger being. That means that literally, if you, if you read the law of one, the law of one says you're a construct. Actually, it's not quoting. That's not verbatim. 
Imagine you're a thought. This is this is verbatim. Imagine you're a thought. Imagine that you're a thought in the mind of the creator. That's in the first, I think, two or three sessions of the Law of One, book one, because there are six books. Or you can go and Google it and, and look up uh, Muffy Moose and play the same video that I play that has the audio playing with the computer talking and you can read along with it. Okay. So Ra was trying to tell us when Ra came through between 1981 and 1984, but before that, Ra came through in Egypt. Okay. And so the whole Battlestar Galactica one God thing and the whole concept of one God on this earth came from there. Even the Hebrew one God being a monotheistic male God. All of the gods on the face of the earth came from raw coming here and their people in different places around the world coming here. And then the Jesus character, the hero with a thousand faces, coming here 12 times. And those are all part of the Dead Sea Scrolls, the Tao Te Chi, the Buddha, the Dead Sea Scrolls, Marduk, uh, you know, literally Thor. Uh, all of these people that are, if you read all of the creation stories from every single place, you're going to find that that is the same story of the same Savior character with a different name. The last of which is Jesus Christ. All of them are the same soul coming through. So the knowledge that was given to us, yeah, 369, Penny, <laughs> right? The three energy is us. We are part of the creation because we are what? A construct of, a daydream of the universal mind, the creator. The creator created all of this in, in their head. And I say there because they're androgynous as a male, female. And that's in the Dead Sea Scrolls too. That's a part of the scrolls they took out because they were trying to sell Christianity to Hebrews and they had a monotheistic male god. Most of the religions either had many gods or one, but most of them had the male being the dominant and not paired up with an equal and opposite female. It wasn't until you got to the Vikings and all of those people, they had that. Even the, even the Greeks and the Romans, the male was ahead, even though he had a wife, who was also a goddess, she was slightly below him. So all everything that was Western philosophical thought, what we call Western philosophical thought, which is in fact just everything from the Mediterranean, all of those religions from the Med and slightly Eastern from that were all male-dominated monotheistic religions or polytheistic religions with a male-dominated still being a monotheistic god, even though there were other gods right, in all those other places. It wasn't until you got to the Western Europe and going north for all the Vikings where it was a dual aspect of male and female as equal. Uh, and then there's some religions even further back where they talk about the, the literally androgynous creation above the male-female character of God and goddess, that the creation itself was the joining of the two. That's in the Dead Sea Scrolls as well. Okay, so it's in the Nag Hammadi, it's in the, the because that is the Dead Sea Scrolls all put together in Egypt, uh, and it's in the Colbin, Colbin Bible in Scotland. It's in the, um, you know, even the, the Bible from, uh, uh, from uh, um, with Marduk from Mesopotamia. That talks about above Tiamat and her uh, counterpart, who I can't remember his name now, who they kill, and that sends her on a rampage to murder the, the sons 
and then the the one son who was Marduk fights his mother and kills his mother, and he becomes the dominant god. She puts him in charge, and then he kills her. Okay, so so the knowledge is all of that together, but it's the three, six, and nine that we are part of the creation. This is the knowledge that they were trying to take from us, the Lucifer and Satan, that whole characteristic was trying to take from us, was the knowledge that that we are part of creation and we can create. That's the three energy in the three, six, nine. So my energy, which is the three energy with my intention, three plus three equals six. And the six energy is the energy of the universe and the and time space. That is the creation of God or, or of the creator. So my energy in my intention, because I'm part of the creation, creates this reality. And then my energy again, three, plus this reality and the intention of the energy of this reality, my intention with this reality, three plus six equals nine, which is what? The hex boson. Nine is the God energy. Okay. Then if I take my energy again, my intention again, and I use that God energy that I've created, I can create what? The 12 energy from that. Three, six, nine, 12. Three plus three equals six. Six plus three equals nine. Nine plus three equals 12. And then what is that? The 12 apostles. And who was in charge of the 12 apostles? The one. The 13th warrior or the one. Does the 13th warrior sound familiar, familiar to you? Yes, Michael Crichton wrote that because the 13th warrior was the savior character, and that was the story of Beowulf. And he who wrote down the story of Beowulf was the 13th warrior. He was the person who was, in fact, Ahmed, Ibn Fahalan, Ibn Rashid, Ibn Al-Abbas, from, from uh, the Arabic countries. And that's the only reason we still have the story of Beowulf. And Beowulf, what? Beowulf had to fight Grendel. And Grendel's mother, that's the same as Marduk, right? The dragon, that's the same as Thor fighting the dragon of the North Sea. Marduk fighting the dragon uh, Tiamat. Do you understand? That's the same fight that David, that's how they pronounce David King, because they venerated him and rose him to, uh, to hero status, savior status, by fighting against the Minotaur as a little boy. And he beat the Minotaur, and that rose him up. Okay, so that's the, the knowledge that was taken from us by nefariousness, but the knowledge taken from us by God, by the, by the entire, by the entire uh, creation, creator, was the knowledge of the yin and yang and what all of this is about and why it is. That's what that knowledge was. And the reason that I'm able to translate them is because I actually, and my vibration is high enough to where I see, I'm above and I can see the yin and the yang. I can see from above, not st stuck in the construct. And uh, millions of us across the world are waking up to that. It used to be one or two on the planet thousands of years ago that would know this. And these are the people that write things down, right? These are the things like the like Lao Chi. He wrote down his philosophy, and they used it, put it together as the Book of the Way, the Tao Te Chi, the philosophy of the Buddha, which happened exactly at the same time. Two men in the same country of China wrote down the same knowledge and came to the same epiphany. We believe that both of those souls were, in fact, the same soul that occupied Jesus Christ's body some 660 years later. And the different guises. And you can look back, and if you watch my shows, I explain to you all 12 times that Jesus came here to give us the same knowledge, which was the key to unlocking the sacred knowledge that was locked away on purpose. Why? 
because this was supposed to happen this way, because the devil was unleashed on the earth for a time. So we're not really stuck here. Everyone says we're stuck here because evil came and took control. Evil only took control. This goes back to what was being said earlier. Evil can only do what it was constructed to do. Oh, no, that was the conversation with the oracle that happened an hour before the show. Evil was created by the creator to have a beginning, a middle, and an end. And that only ends for each of you, for each of us internally, when we rise above this thinking mind, which is a construct, rise above the ego, which tries to control the thinking mind, which is a construct, rise above this pain body, which is a construct, as I pull on my face, those of you who are listening on the MP3 file wonder why my voice got weird just then. When your vibration is above that and you will become the witness-er, the experience-er, that which is in actual control, which is attached to your higher self, which is attached to your higher, higher self, and then in a higher, higher, higher realm from that, you are the creation itself. And that's what will blow your mind just trying to reach that point because we're so limited here in this place that we really can't understand, understand, there's that word again, we can't understand the concept of just how far the creation goes and how large that is compared to us. When you consider one single little brain cell and the entire universe in a radial image is identical, except for a million more tentacles that would be ganglia cells, glia cells, pathways that are a little electrical impulses travel on, my brain has about a million less than the universe itself has. So the universe is a living, thinking organism that is a billion times more complex and intelligent than my one brain cell is. And we're living in it. So going back to the original message from Raw, imagine you're a thought. Imagine you're a thought in the mind of the Creator. The knowledge that was locked away from us was the ascension to that knowledge that each of us goes through when it is our time. Getting back to what was that? Was that Penny or Julie that said that? Right? That ever that God creates things, the, the human mind when it's supposed when it's ready to. It was Penny. Because the humans are not ready yet mentally. And everything happens when God intended it to, the creation intended it to for each one of us individually, but not just individually, but collectively. Because we were allowed, allowed to run the course of allowing nefariousness loose for a time. The creation thought up a scenario. What if I created nefariousness and then in certain places allowed that nefariousness to think it was alive and had its own free will? and then allowed it to run its course for a while, what would happen? However, safeguards were put in place, and we know this because of the law of one and other scrolls that tell you that evil cannot exist past halfway through the sixth dimension or density, those two places, because they are different, right? We are in the third dimension, but we're also in the third density. 
this is part of the, the conversation I had with Oracle when oh, we were talking about reality. And she said, reality is in, in this place, because I said, this place is a place of doing. And she said, but this place is a construct. Uh, and it's not, it's a place. It's not the soul. And I was like, yes, you're right. But the soul occupies the same place as here. So the third density in the third dimension, the density is what your soul is. And the dimension is the, is the corporal place that we're in third dimension is this place around us. The density is what your soul is occupying this body while it's occupying and only while it's occupying this construct. Do you see? Once you, once you are outside of this construct, you, you are no longer bound by this density any longer of the flesh. So your soul then takes on the guise of energy, which is a higher form, and you're no longer in the third density. You're in the fourth and the fifth and the sixth, depending on where it is that you are in a spiritual uh, vibration. Only in this construct and occupying this and seeing through this eyes and believing this thing is real and that this reality is real, if you're locked into this state of conceptual reality, that's the third dimension and third density. If you then become spiritual and realize that your soul is immortal, you are now reaching the fourth inside a third density body or a third dimensional body. Your density of your soul is now fourth. And then if you understand the idea that this entire thing is a construct and so is this reality, you're moving into the fifth density, but not dimension yet. Okay? So there's a difference between 3D and 3D. One's 3D with a capital D, and the, but they keep writing the dimension as a density. People don't understand the difference or understand the difference between the two. One's a construct that is physical and a place. The other one is your immortal soul and your resonance. When you're in this place, stuck here in this conceptual reality and think this is real and this is all there is, then your third density, your vibration is low. That's what a child's vibration is. So let me explain that, right? In As the, the, the chakras go, the beginning chakra of creation is the red root chakra that we have at the lowest uh, part of our body. All energy does not come in through our head. It goes out through our head. All energy comes in through the bottom of our body, which is grounded to the earth, which is what? This Sun, this star that we call Sol, or the sun, is a yellow ray sun. Therefore, the energy coming off of it is yellow ray. That is the third chakra from the base root. The base root red chakra is one. Then you have the orange chakra, and then you have the yellow chakra. The yellow chakra is the place of doing. It's the doing chakra. This third dimensional place is in the third minor chakra place, third planet from the sun, third minor chakra place from the major arcana, the major chakra, which is the sun itself. So the sun is a yellow ray sun. So here in this place, you're rooted in basic base doing. So when you're first constructed and you are alive as a soul, you don't know it. That's the base root that is the creation, the red ray in our body. Then when, you, when the energy moves up into the orange, that's when you think, I think, I'm starting to think. You're still not aware that you are something. And then when you become aware that you are something, 
you move from the orange and graduate to the yellow ray chakra. Now I think, therefore, I am, and I'm learning. And how do I learn? Well, I'm learning because I'm at the base root level of a soul. I'm a baby soul now. I'm baby. I'm here for the very first time. I'm not, and most of you are not. Most of you probably are not. Uh, there's there's 8 billion people on the planet today, almost 8 billion, 7.5 billion people on the planet. In 1981, there was only 2.7 billion, and we've increased since then. So the majority of the people that are currently on this planet, I, would, I don't know if I'd say the majority, I would say probably a third of you out there are not from here for the first time. You're not a baby soul. You came here legally. Just like Jesus said, that means you were born to this body, but you're a wanderer or a walk-in. Most people think they're walk-ins when they're, in fact, wanderers. A walk-in is someone who made an agreement with the person who already occupied this body to take control of the body, and that person's soul left and let you move into it, and you took over. That's a walk-in. If you were born as a baby on this planet, you're not a walk-in. You're a wanderer. You're someone who came down here to be born here legally. You volunteered to lower your vibration and to come here and be born just like anybody who was being born for the first time and bring with you a higher vibration and a higher knowledge that you will wake up to at some point, hopefully wake up to, I do finger quotes in the air for those of you who are listening on the MP3 file, hopefully wake up at some point and remember who you are and why you're here because you're here to raise the vibration just like I am of this planet to help the people here graduate. Because all of this was by design, the knowledge that was locked away was locked away by the creator for those of us who are ready to hear it. And if you were ready prior to now, you would already understand or understand all of this, just like all these people throughout time writing all these books that are helping. But if you're understanding it now or understanding it, see, it's program just comes off my lips. I stand under someone. No, I don't. So you would understand or translate or get these scrolls now because by design, everyone on this planet going forward is going to get what's in those scrolls very quickly because it's happening exponentially. So in a matter of years, I don't know how many because I haven't done the math yet, but in a matter of years, which is going to be not 100,000, it's not going to be 100, people are going to wake up to this knowledge and actually be able to translate. You're going to be hearing people talking about this all the time on television as if they knew it all along, but you're not hearing it from anyone right now, no one, because I've waited and waited and baited people and talked to people behind the scenes. And unless people are lying to me and hiding because they're like, okay, he's close, but I'm not going to tell him. Why would they be nefarious? Okay. Unless they were trying to do what I did. <clears throat> In which case they'll come to me and go, okay, let me tell you when I first found out and here's where I can prove it to you. So, you know, I'm not just saying that because you said it just now. Yes, Denise just posed a question. Sorry, it took me a second because I was reading that. Can you be a walk-in if you have a near-death experience? Every single person who is either a walk-in or who is a wanderer will have several, many near-death experiences in your lifetime. And you have had them. The reason I say that is that's not when you became the walk-in, but it is possible. It is possible if you don't have any memory 
of yourself prior to the near-death experience, or you do remember that you weren't on the planet yet and that you're here, then you're definitely a walk-in. But if you woke up because of the near-death experience, that doesn't mean that you're a walk-in. That could also mean that you're a wanderer as well. Near-death experiences happen to everybody anyways, but those people who are either walk-ins or wanderers, people who have come from a higher vibration, who are actually here on a mission to help the people here or witness what's going on, either way, just by your presence being on this planet, you raise the vibration, the Schumann resonance. I love how the man who discovered the resonance of the human race, his last name was Schumann. <laughs> the human resonance is called the Schumann resonance. So the, the resonance of the human race, the Schumann resonance, you raise that vibration just by your very existence. Nefariousness on a subconscious level is aware of this and they hate you for it. Hate, 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 hate and want to destroy you for it. That is why they want all of us dead all of the time and used to kill us as soon as they found us out. And that's why the, 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 the witch's hammer was to shut women up. Because when women who were more outspoken were then learning on their own knowledge they weren't supposed to have, they would resonate at a higher place and they would what? They would start to wake up. They needed to be shut the fuck up by nefariousness. So all men and evil women would turn them in and evil men would murder them so that they would recycle and get born again and have their themselves veiled and all of their information stifled once again. To keep everyone and the human resonance resonating at a low level. And they were designed to do that on purpose by the creation, but they were never designed to win. This is not the Kobayashi Maru. Those of you who are Star Trek fans, you understand what the Kobayashi Maru is. The Kobayashi Maru is an unwinnable scenario that was created by Spock, who created it for the 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 uh, the the uh, um, Federation to test all would-be captains of starships to in a scenario that you could not ever win, no matter what. That was designed to be sentient and to anticipate every thought that you were going to have. And Spock being a fucking human computer was able to do that. And therefore, no matter what you did, your entire crew and your ship was demolished and you died. It was a test of your character, how you handled ordering people to their death and how, and what scenario that you could come up with to possibly uh, beat the scenario and Spock would be monitoring so that if something started happening that his computer program wasn't ready for, he would quickly, because he typed as fast as like data in the next generation, he was a human computer, but he would fix it so that you couldn't win. So that no matter what you did, you would die. That's the Kobayashi Maru. It's an unwinnable scenario that is designed so that you can't win it. That nefariousness would have you believe that by telling you a little truth with many lies, a little truth that this is a a penal colony. But the lie is that it was constructed by three-dimensional beings and that your soul is trapped here by them and that you can't get out. That's the many, many lies with the little truth. The little truth is the real truth in any lie. You just have to be able to ascertain the little truth. And the only way that you can do that is to not be a child. Children 
can only tell you childlike lies. As an adult, if you have children, you know this to be true. When you're a little kid, those lies sound really cool and they work on other kids. But they don't work on adults and adults see through those lies. But they don't know that the adults can see through those lies because they think they're smarter than the adults. Mass murderers are the same way. Rapists, murderers, and killers are the same way. Nefarious people think they're the most intelligent person in the room always. But they're not. And let me explain. And I've done this a billion times. Yeah, like what Captain Kirk cheated, right? Debbie knows. Debbie knows. Debbie says like what Captain Kirk, yes, yes. James Tiberius Kirk, legendary uh, captain who became admiral, cheated, was the only person in the history of the Kobayashi Maru to actually beat the Kobayashi Maru because he realized it was programmed so that he couldn't win. So he broke into the computer and reprogrammed the scenario so there was a way to win. And he saved everybody, and he got a commendation. He didn't get in trouble for cheating. He got a commendation for novel thinking, for thinking outside the box and understanding, understanding. There's that word again that you say off the, off the cuff. Understanding the program was the very program is designed so that you can't win, no matter what you think of. So his solution was change the parameters of the of the of the computer because he failed it three times, and he was like, "What is wrong? What am I doing wrong?" It must be the computer itself. So he broke into the computer, found out that he was telling the truth, that he was right in his, in his, in his hypothesis, that the computer program was designed so that you couldn't win, and he reprogrammed the, 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 the program so that he knew the way, the one way to win. And he beat it, and they couldn't, they couldn't hold it against him because he figured out the algorithm. He figured out the program was designed, and he, even though he failed it three times, he didn't give up. And he found a solution. The solution was change the equation. And that's the solution to this equation. This is why I went and ran with this when Debbie brought this up. The solution to this equation is the same solution of the Kobayashi Maru that James Tiberius Kirk figured out. The way to win this scenario is to reprogram the matrix in your own mind because the program in the matrix has been rewritten so that you can't win. So if you're stuck here, you're playing out the Kobayashi Maru. Hence the reason for that entire dichotomy being entered into the dialogue and storyline of a program that started in 1963 and is still ongoing to this day with two consecutive right now currently running Two different series, one that's starting, a brand new one that's starting, and one that's been running for the past four or five years. There has never been a time between 1961 or two when it started, or three or four, whenever that was, and now where there hasn't been either the actual series running or a spinoff from it or the reruns of that spinoff. They're still playing. They still, to this day, on BBC America, they still play Deep Space Nine and Star Trek The Next Generation daily. Okay, so since longer than I've been alive and I'm going to be 55 years old in September, that particular storyline has been interjected and played over and over and over for the knowledge of every generation of sci-fi fan. Also, if you look at the longest running television program in human history, I speak here of Doctor Who, 
which is still currently on the air with new uh, uh, programs being played every week and has been since 1941. And they've had like, I think they're up to 14 or 15 or 16 doctors now because the, the, the doctor, Dr. Who, is in fact the doctor. It's not called Dr. Who, but it's the name Dr. Who because who is the doctor? And it's the parable of Dr. Who. Who? Who's the doctor? What is this? I am the doctor. The doctor is a time lord, so he's immortal. And his body is a construct that only lives for a certain time. And when his body takes catastrophic damage, anyone else would die and their soul would be ejected and leave. His body dies and then the energy that he owns reconstructs a new body and he re-enters that body as an adult at the same age as the body that died or younger a male or female doesn't matter right now the doctor's a woman and before that the doctor was a man and then pops back up from death and then his his brain is scrambled a bit or her brain is scrambled a bit because of the transformation and it takes her a little bit of time to reintegrate and realize who she is again or who he is again currently is she and so they're a little weird for a while and they're and they, they love that cuz they design that into the character and the character's a little mad hatter for a while until the character starts slowly getting their shit together. I love Doctor Who too, Penny. I love, still a fan, still watch it to this day. I've been watching it since I was a kid. Love Doctor Who. I started watching it when John Pertwee was the, was the doctor, right? So we're going all the way back to the black and white ones. On the, well, that was from the 60s, and I was watching it in the 70s. And then, um, what's his name? I can't think of the guy's name that wore the long scarf that was like 20 feet long. And he had a rainbow scarf, and he had it wrapped around him with fuzzy, curly hair. He was the doctor in the, in the early 70s, so I was watching those. I can't think of his name right now. If you can remember his name, please tell me. Okay, so Denise says, on September 11th, I was finally able to, to walk to my uh, brother-in-law in Chinatown. Hold on, let's put this up on the screen. Let me put my glasses on so I know that I'm reading this properly. You get a deja vu, right? So on September 11th, I was finally able to walk to my brother-in-law in Chinatown. I've never, I've never there but knew where to go. I've never been there but knew where to go. How's that? Uh, how and then uh, how's that? Sorry, don't mean to go off topic, but it's always been weird to me. Deja vu. Okay, so that's actually really good, right? I know Penny says I'm bad at names. I can't think of a name right now, but I will in a minute. And when I do, I'll I'll say it. So uh, let me explain deja vus. Deja vus happen uh, for a couple of reasons. As your vibration uh, rises and you start getting closer to the what I talked about before, when you're starting to move into the fourth density in your spirituality you start to realize that you are a spiritual being and then you realize that you are an immortal being and then you realize you're not this construct and you start to think that way consistently your vibration is vibrating at a higher rate it doesn't mean that it's moving faster it just move it means that it's moving at a higher octave just like you know oh, that vibration is a faster vibration than the lower oh, vibration Okay, but it doesn't mean that it's moving faster as far as time is concerned, because it's not. However, this reality is vibrating at so fast a pace that we're closer to the speed of light than any other dimensional vibration uh, in the universe. That's why we have a, a past that is behind us, a present that is now, and a future that hasn't happened yet. So deja vu, and this is why I went into that past, present, and future, Right. I, there's nothing that I say that I ramble, guys. I never ramble. 
I might move to another subject, but there's a reason because I'm moving back just like I did with James T. Kirk. I went down that road because she brought that up. And then I, I followed that arc to show you what that arc meant. And then that got to Doctor Who and now to Deja Vu. Doctor Who, Deja Vu. What? Um, so look at the vibration of that now. There's a reason why I said that, right? And, the, and then the deja vu came up. Why did the deja vu come up? Because Denise heard Doctor Who and the vibration of Doctor Who and deja vu is the same vibration because it's the same ohm sound because it was designed that way. The name of the show was Doctor Who because of the vibration of deja vu. It was a parody on deja vu. And the same, it's the same vibration. So there's a reason for that. So that actually helped the segue of where I'm going. So I'm not making this stuff up. So the so the deja vu. Uh, it, what what is deja vu? Deja vu is is the knowing of a knowledge prior to that event happening. Now, how does that happen? Everyone asks that question. The reason and how that happens is that your soul's vibration is in a place where your perception of reality is no longer askew on a timeline so much as it was before. When you're locked into this third dimensional place in a third density vibration, you buy into this reality because you're a baby soul. And to you, past is past, can't come back again. Present is right now and the future is only here when it gets here. And then it's no longer the future. It's just now. And there's still a future. Okay? When you start to perceive the past, the present, and the future is happening at once, you start getting deja vu. And I've told people this on my show many times. You can tell if you're on the right spiritual path, and I don't mean religious, I mean spiritual, because I don't believe in religion, quote-unquote, finger quotes in the air for those of you who are listening on the MP3 file. Religion is an orthodox box with a construct that is the caste system, which is the pyramid system, where you're the plebe, you're the slave, you're the people, the commoner who comes in and, and they only feed you knowledge that they want you to know and you give them money so that they can continue doing what they're doing. Now, in doing that, they still can give you everything you need to know if you ignore the nefariousness of the religion itself. Ignorance is bliss, the oracle said lastly to me before I went on the air. And I said, Yes, ignorance. She said that not knowing of knowledge is is um, is less painful. And I said ignorance is bliss. Quote unquote. Uh, Socrates. Socrates. That's a true story. Socrates said that because Socrates, because of what Socrates knew, had to drink poison and kill himself because he claimed that the world was in fact round and not flat. He understood, understood, was enlightened to the knowledge of the universe. And when you become enlightened to that knowledge and you become an adult at that point, now what, what is the difference? Look up the IQ test and find out what is the IQ test based on. The IQ test is based on the fact that no human being is mentally mature-er than the age of 18. Look that up. I'm not lying. So if you're less than 18 years old by maturity level, you're a child or just barely an adolescent. You're not an adult. When you become an adult, you are considered a genius. Why? Because all of the tricks and lies that are being told to children no longer affect you and you see through those lies. And when you become an adult and realize the information that is there, the knowledge that was 
kept from you by the nefariousness and the Creator on purpose for the test that is this place that you graduate from when you graduate in knowledge and vibration into adulthood, you then look back down on the rest of the children and think, I must help them. I must help the children. They're stuck. And that's what Socrates did, and he paid for it with his life. That's what Jesus did, and he paid for it with his life. That's what Mohammed did, and he almost paid for it with his life, but he ascended before they could kill him. That's what Mahatma Gandhi did, and he paid for it with his life. That's what Malcolm X did. That's what Martin Luther King did. They paid for it with their lives. That's what Stephen Biko did. Stephen Biko was, in fact, in charge of the movement, and Nelson Mandela was his right-hand man. Stephen Biko supposedly, quote-unquote, finger quotes, hung himself in his cell by his own shoelaces. Sound familiar? Jeffrey Epstein hanging himself with a sheet. Sound familiar? A form of, of suicide that everyone would buy if they found him hanging in his cell. And there's two inept guards left on duty who fell asleep at the same time as the computers stopped recording all of the cells so that nobody saw him hang himself, but they found him later. And his uh, roommate was removed from the cell so that he wouldn't stop him or whatever uh, and was not there to see it. And then all of a sudden, why was he removed? And why were the cameras off? And why were two people asleep on the job in Rikers Island? I don't know, but all of that happened right when the guy who was blackmailing all of the rich and the elite was in custody and said he was going to sing like a songbird anyways. So all of those people paid with their lives, uh, excluding um, um, uh, Epstein, because Epstein, in fact, paid because he was nefarious and evil and the evil people killed him to shut him up. Because they became adults. Now, what does it have to do with deja vu? Again, when your vibration is getting closer to that level and you're no longer a child soul, you're starting to become an adolescent soul. You're a teenager. As you get closer to what's when the teen years, 19, right? Then you're 20, no longer a teenager. You're now considered what? An adult because you're no longer a teen. So, but in, in most places, you're considered an adult before that, even when you are a teen and you've been that your whole lives anywhere else besides the United States of America, where white people are now, they're trying to make it so that you're not an adult until later and later and later and later in life. They want you to be 30, 40, 50, 60. They don't want you to be an adult. Do you see? They don't want you to be an adult. They want you to stay a child because their lies work. So if you're now looking at the news and technology and listening to people talk in movies and on television uh, and, and you're going, but, but that, that's bullshit. That's a complete lie. What? Wow. When did they start doing this? They've been doing it for about 127,000 years. <laughs> okay. You're just privy to it for the first time in this lifetime. That is because you are starting to vibrate closer and closer to an adult level. As you do that, your vibration starts not being in the third dimension where past, present, and future happens independently and not at the same time. Everywhere else after the third dimension, past, present, and future, the third density, past, present, and future all happens at the same time simultaneously right now. So the closer you get to that, the more deja vus you get. Okay? 
Now, if you were in the same place and, say, died and was resurrected fast enough, you could get a deja vu because you've done this before and been in the same place before. That rarely happens except for now within the last 30 or 40 years because prior to that, when you died, it took 100 years before you came back into a new body so that you wouldn't, in fact, run into that shit because the quicker you ran into that shit, the quicker, pardon my English, pardon my American, the quicker you would wake up. So you're supposed to wake up in your own time that's like the you know the in in uh, star trek that's you know that's the the uh, you know the golden rule the the uh, prime directive you can't interfere with the natural evolution of a of a race of people or a being the same thing goes for our, for the human soul or for a soul in this case human because you're on this planet for a soul in third dimensional in this in this uh, state so, so you won't come back through too quickly and remember everything by being born, say, to the same family and, and going, wow, my father uh, was my son and now he's my father. Uh, that would, would trigger you to wake up too quickly. So that didn't happen at any other time except in the past 30 to 40 years because we're down at the end of it. So now everybody that dies, they come back within a month, two months, six months uh, or, or less or a year. Okay, where before you would be 100 years, so you wouldn't bump into anybody that you know. You won't bump into yourself accidentally. You won't bump into your mom accidentally. You won't bump into your brother accidentally. You won't bump into your spouse accidentally, right? Think about that. What if you were uh, in love in your 20s and you died and were reborn the next day, and then you grow up 20 years later and the person you're in love with is only 20 years older than you and you run into that person? That could pose a problem for both you and that person. Do you see? So that wouldn't ha that doesn't happen, and it didn't happen. But now things are happening quicker. Okay, so it is possible that you're getting a deja vu of knowing where you were going to Chinatown because that Chinatown area and the shop could have still been there 20 or 30 or 40 or 50 years ago. But it's highly unlikely. The chances of that happening are very very small compared to the chances of you vibrating at a level that is outside of this construct of third dimensional, third density being, that you're in the fourth, if not the fifth, or moving into that. So your soul, even the one that's occupying this third dimensional body, is vibrating at a fourth and, and fifth dimensional vibration or density. That's what everybody's talking about when they say we're about to move from 3D to 5D or 6D. It's not the actual construct of this place, although it is, in fact, also that, but that's not that's the that's the byproduct of us moving up in the in the density. The byproduct is this soul that's occupying this body. The reason for the near death experiences, the reason for getting back to that, I didn't forget, getting back to your welcome. If I hopefully I explained that. So your deja vu is because you're vibrating at a higher level and you get more and more of those. That's how you know you're on the right path. Is you're getting more and more deja vus. The more and more you get of those. Whatever you're doing, keep doing that because that's taking you down the right path. And I don't mean like raping and murdering unless you're evil. And then, yeah, that's that too. Okay. So, so the, so the, so the, the, the construct of where you're at, this human body that you're in is vibrating at a third dimensional, third density level. The soul that you've come in with, if you're not indigenous here, if you're a wanderer or a walk-in, your soul comes from a higher vibration, fourth or fifth or sixth, usually not quite sixth, usually fourth or fifth. And, they, and people come from fourth or fifth, and sometimes more, 
Okay, the Nepal came from, did I say that right? Nepal? Natal. Natal. Came from the 11th. All the way back down here and are occupying here. Most of the wanderers that are here are, in fact, them. Okay. Most. And Tom McDonald, watch the Tom McDonald uh, video, White Boys with a Z. He talks about, they talk about that, him and the other rapper, the other guy, I can't think of his name right now. They talk about it, and if you're vibrating at a higher level, you'll get the cross-level vibration in his words and in the tone and in the music that's playing and what they're saying. You'll get it more than just white boys being tough, talking smack like black people do. Okay? That's the lowest third dimensional, oh, white boys are just doing what niggas do. That's just a white nigga talking shit like a, like a black nigga does. That's what we do. We talk smack because we're tough and they talking smack. That's all that is. You'll hear people interpret it that way because they're vibrating as a third dimensional, third density being. And that message is there. But it's also going all the way up to the sixth. And it's speaking to everyone in between. So if you're perceiving it in more than one way, it's because you were meant to. Okay. And the visuals are there too. If you slow that video down, there's visuals that uh, that Miss Rockefeller Rockefeller put in, and she is related to the Rockefellers, but she's not the nefarious Rockefellers. She puts into the video, and she makes all of their videos. She's really good at imagery and dimensional, cross-dimensional, vibrational imagery, telling the same story in different levels uh, while you're watching it, and it's hitting you going. <laughs> you're watching one scene, and you're seeing the same scene being filmed seven times seven different ways and each one of those is a different vibrational level uh and she does it a lot <laughs> so pay attention sometimes you got to slow down and go frame by frame because it happens so fast i caught that and was like whoa wait a minute what's that because i catch shit like that in movies i catch shit and go wait a minute look i want to show you where they screwed up the editing right here but it only happens for like one second most people don't catch that shit i catch it if i'm if I, unless i'm not paying attention to the visuals and just listening to the lines and watching the acting acting Okay, so this body, getting back to on point with the with the near death experiences and all of the all of the problems that you have with your autoimmune diseases that you that they don't know about. We don't know. It's you got the rarest thing, and there's like one in a trillion people who have that. One in a million people have that, and then you have we don't know. We're testing, and it might be this other one that one in a million people have, and then it might be this other one, and they don't know what's going on with you, but your body gets out of fucking whack. The reason that all of that is happening, and the fact that you're getting more and more near-death experiences than most people, and when you tell stories, someone says, "Yeah, I had one near-death experience once. I had that happen to me," and you have like 10, 15, you know, five, 10, 15, and people go, "Oh my god!" That's because they've been trying to kill you many times and you've had many met near-death experiences because they're trying to murder you over and over and over to get you to recycle okay and then your vibration is too high for this body's construct in this matrix so your soul comes into a place that is third dimensional third density on this planet and the third dimensional, third density vibration was supposed to end and no longer be here. There wasn't supposed to be humans living in this form, in this vibration, on this planet anymore. That was supposed to happen or supposed to end 
more than 75 years ago, and some say as much as 100,000 years ago, but I believe that it was more than, that it was probably a, a close to that. It was when, the, when not too long after uh, the, uh, the Atlanteans took control of the planet, okay? So that we're looking at about 127,000 years ago. We got stuck really quickly. They stuck us. And then, they, then they're trying to make you believe that this AI God has been around all that time. AI wasn't even invented on this planet until 1994. So there couldn't have been an AI God prior to that. AI God is not immortal. It didn't exist by itself and create itself. They want you to believe that just like the devil, because the devil is now morphing into the AI God because everybody from all the programming, it's the next construct of the devil moving into more and more reality in people's minds. They created the hell so that you would send everybody to that and you would believe in hell and you were scared to go there. That created hell and makes it stay a thing. Okay, do you see? So they created the devil and created hell and they want you to keep thinking about it to hold it in place because then you fear that. You're easier to control when you're in fear if they can threaten you. But now no one believes in the devil anymore or hell. So they have this other construct that is this AI God that's going to take control of you and turn you into a computer. And then everybody started fearing that, but then they started going, no, no. And then the people that were telling the stories about that, I talk about the writer of The Matrix, the movie in The Matrix, and they stole all of that information from him and wrote the movies The Matrix and all the movies The Matrix, and then turned the AI God into a good holy God that wasn't evil, and that the devil was a construct that was equal to what? The savior character which is Neo who became the Jesus character or the savior character or the hero character. And he was the, the fight between good and evil because you're used to Christianity with Jesus fighting the devil, not God fighting the devil, but Jesus fighting the devil. So ergo when, when Christianity was created, they pushed that in there, but you see what they didn't realize when they did it was that it came from a construct that had already been here 11 times. So even if the Romans created Jesus Christ, it was intended because it was already written 11 times and they based all of their antics to create the Jesus character, if in fact that is true, on the other 11 stories, which continued the cycle of 12. 3, 6, 9, 12. 4 times 3 is 12. 3 plus 3 equals 6. 6 plus 3 equals 9. 9 plus 3 equals 12. Jesus was the one who had 12 apostles. God is at the center. Jesus is at the center. 3, 6, 9, 12. The 3 and the 6 and the 9, according to Thoth and the Emerald Tablets, the way to God is through the center. The way to heaven is through me, Jesus said. The way to God is through the center. The way to Valhalla is crossing the Bifrost, the rainbow bridge. And what is Bifrost? What is the rainbow? The rainbow is the crossing between this, from this veil, from this place to the next veil, from Midgard to Asgard, going to the center point of the universe. <gasps> what? <laughs> Okay, so your deja vu, as you become closer to reality happening all at once, you start to perceive it that way. That's your deja vus. 
as you vibrate higher and you and you start to learn this knowledge and you can translate this knowledge, the only way you can translate it is like magic with a K. For those of you who know anything about paganism, Wiccanism, Druidism, any magic use, real magic use, not that sleight of hand card stuff that they do, which is just tricks and hiding things in a machine you strap to your body under your clothes. Real magic. High magic is magic with a K. Okay? The knowledge you gain to work with high magic is the same knowledge you gain when you understand not the three plus the three equaling the six or the six plus the three equaling the nine, or it's the nine equaling the 12 and the 12 equaling the one. That's the real knowledge. As you go from learning as a baby soul, that's you as three. And then when you actually start to understand, understand, get, figure out time and space, that's three plus three equaling six. Now I understand six. I get six. What's beyond six? As your understanding and your vibration goes up, you start realizing that my intention, because I'm part of the creation, can control time and space. That's this reality. I'm a co-creator. Once I learn that I'm a co-creator, I take my intention, which is what is the creation? The creation is the logos. What is logos? Logos is love. Logos is the word of God. The word of God was love. Love is the creation. I can only create through my heart, through love. When I realize that, I can then take my intention with the six energy, which is all of space and time, and I can make it the nine energy, the hex boson, the God energy. What is that? That's the creation energy of the universe. I can create with this. But how do I do that? Again, only through the knowledge of balancing all of my chakras so that the crystalline structure becomes that of my heart chakra, becomes crystalline, and the more crystalline that it becomes, the more kundalini energy, what does kundalini mean? Look that up. The kundalini energy as it goes through my heart but has to go through my my mind, the chakra that is the third eye, for me to perceive the universe to understand or understand or get that nine energy is the creation, not just of space and time, but of all of the universe. So for me to fathom that and to understand that, I have to know that my energy, three plus the nine energy, becomes the creation itself, which is the 12 energy. And then once I get that, then I go, well, what's beyond that? And again, my energy as the creator my love with the energy of the universal mind that creates the entire universe is me. I am the creator. That is the one. Do you see? The same thing happens with, the, your, with your experience in the now. When you perceive reality as no longer separated into this childlike reality of perception, you then start to realize that there is no time. There is only now and only space. And space is only that which is a distance between one place and the other for me to go. And I can go from one place to the other instantaneously because I am that space. And that's the learning of the 12. And then beyond that is the 13 or the 1. It doesn't go to 15. So how many, where, where? In the third dimensional, third density. So then where am I when I'm back to God? <gasps> Past 12. 
to the 13 or the one through the center. How long will it take me to get there? Well, if I'm almost to six now, I can do it before I die in this lifetime. <laughs> because you're thinking in linear time that is here in this construct and that the small little teeny baby time that it took you to, to realize what I just said, you think that that means that you're in a place in the sixth dimension, sixth density, when that's halfway to God, you'll get there in about a million years by our time, by our perception of time, maybe a billion years by our perception of time. But once you leave this place, all of that perception of time is, a, is an instant. It's a heartbeat. It only tracks when you're here. Because we're moving so fast in our vibration that we're almost moving as fast as, as light. Therefore, everything slows down and is exaggerated. And the future is way in front of us. And the past is way behind us. And the present is now. Once we get outside of this space, it goes, whoop, and it's happening now. And there is no time. So therefore, this construct of a billion years or seven billion years from now is literally, in my perception, now. But for me to explain it, how long that would take for someone in this place, it would be about seven, eight billion years. If I stayed here and tried to get there or, or tried to figure out how far that is for me to travel in this linear timeline. So the, 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 whole, the whole weirding thing on the subatomic level, which is the microcosm, which is here, to the macrocosm makes us think that it's so far ahead of us that we'll never get there and it'll be 100 million lifetimes. It's not. But it's not this lifetime. <laughs> it's not the one inside this body that you're here. Okay? And it does take a long time. It does take a long time. By our time, it takes a fucking long, long ass time. Okay. Yeah, let's say it's an evil entity, right? Well, evil is an evil entity, right? But it's only designed to play a part here in this construct. It's designed to be here, but it's trying to pretend that it can break out from here. But it can't, because it was designed with a beginning, a middle, and an end. That's why the devil will be unleashed on the world for a time. That time is not for to end like in 19, you know, in 2052 for the entire human race. Because some of the people that are here are not actually supposed to graduate yet by that time. Because they're brand new. Right. But the majority of what's going to happen is going to be for the majority of the people here. Okay. Because it was supposed to already happen and 3D life was no longer supposed to be supported on this planet. The only reason that it's still supported on this planet is because we're still here. We are the creation. The earth, people keep saying, you know, the earth will get rid of us if we stay here too long. The earth can't. The earth, that would be like me saying I can get rid of God if, I, if God bothers me too much. We are the creation. We are God. The earth was created by us. The earth is a part of us. Is it, is it kind of hurting the earth? Yeah, but the earth is going through the same transformation that we're going through, okay? So even though Gaia was not supposed to be sustaining our lives, our lives are being kept here on purpose because it wasn't done just by nefariousness. Otherwise, all of this information that was locked away by God, by the, the creator, would have not have been locked away, and it would have been given to us 10,000 years ago, 5,000 years ago, but it wasn't. It was designed 
for now. Because we were supposed to be locked up until now. So those of us who came here to help are assisting, but the truth is we weren't really needed because it was all designed to end when it was supposed to, do, when it was supposed to end. But for it to work and for nefariousness to think they had a shot, we had to come here to help. Because if no one came to help, evil wouldn't buy that they might have a shot. This whole thing is a scenario. And the scenario got some of us to come back down here from a higher plane when we didn't really need to. But the scenario that was created by the Creator was designed so that some of us did come here for this to play out. So even those of us who were here were re-trapped by a scenario for children even after we were already graduated. Some of us volunteered knowing that we were coming back knowing that this was happening. And we've come back just to be here to witness this because it's beautiful. So some people that are here weren't actually trapped from a higher level to come here and tricked into it. Some of us were. Some of us knew it and then tricked some of the people around us who didn't really understand it. And I was one of those people, and now I have souls that are here that are kind of mad at me because <laughs> they're starting to wake up and they realize that, I kind of was nefarious and lied to them because I wanted them to come here to help with this and to experience this. And if they were to have to do it all over again, they wouldn't listen to me. So they kind of see me as being slightly nefarious because in my actions, I kind of was, but it was also helping people. That's why the the Nepal or the Natal, uh, some of the people that came with the Natal are, are people that were think that they were duped by those of us who were in the know because, wait a minute. It wasn't really a trap, and if we would have just waited, they would have gotten themselves out of it anyways. Yes, but the only way that it worked was that people had to come here to make it look, to, we're the ruse, we're the, we're the red herring. Okay, so those of you who are wondering about this dichotomy between good and evil, it's designed to have a beginning, a middle, and an end. Do you see? All of this happened before, and it will all happen again. Those are words right out of the right out of the script from Battlestar Galactica. It was all designed to be this way on purpose. And even those of us coming back were designed to come back on purpose to make it look good for those who were here to run a scenario for fun. Because the creator, we, the creator, were bored and we're thinking up new scenarios even within the scenario that we already have. So the reason I'm telling you all this is because if you're anywhere near to the vibration of understanding, understanding, there it is again, of getting what I'm saying, then you your fear should wash all away. And if you're not, and you still see that what I'm saying to you is the truth, you should not fear. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. There's a reason that that is in there. You have no reason to fear evil. Because evil cannot harm you ever. It can only physically abuse you. It cannot harm your immortal soul. You have already chosen to be a good soul or you would already, in fact, be evil now. And those people who are evil, when they turn me on, they never make it two hours in. I'm one hour and 56 minutes in. There is not an evil person still sitting here watching me going, oodly oddly, oodly oddly, oodly oddly, evil, 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 evil. They can't stay here that long. <laughs> I don't allow it 
So they leave early on in the show or they come in and go out. People who are nefarious, when they find my show, they turn it on and they leave within minutes. People who meet me are the same way. They hate my guts. They want to kill me and they leave within minutes or they try to kill me. Right? Right? It's not, it's not fear. Penny says, it's not fear. It's the human headache that gets me. Right? Yeah. Right? Headaches, headaches hurt. Right? I don't get them very often. Uh, but when you do, headaches hurt. <laughs> right? Uh, you know where that came from? That came from the Vikings. And they, they never said a headache. They said head. Oh, I have a head. I have a head. My head. Uh, and then they would say it hurts. And then eventually the word ache came in. And then you, then it became synonymous. You had a headache. Uh, it was because of drinking. That's where it, where it came from, firstly. Right? Because of drinking and, and the, the uh, problems with that. Right. Heartache. Oh, okay. Well, heartache is part of growing. It's part of loving. I didn't see it. Did it say headache? It, it said heartache, and I read it without my glasses. I apologize. Heartache. Heartache is part of the, the, the learning to love. You can't truly love without having your heart broken. It's the negative side to understand or understand and get truly the positive side. You can't truly understand what love is until it's been taken from you. So you have to have heartache to understand your heart. It's the same with everything. That's why there has to be good and evil. There has to be the opposite and negative to everything. There has to be sadness so that you understand how good goodness is. You have to have heartbreak and heartache to understand what love and true love really is. So everything that happens to you is for a positive, not a negative. We just try to focus more on the negative because the negative side is trying to focus us on the negative all the time. Everything they do is hell-bent on focusing us on the negative, programming us, programs on television, the news, radio, internet. It's all programmed to make you see negative, 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 not just the positive, not any positive. The news itself gives you one positive thing for a, an hour of negative. It's designed that way on purpose. So you, when something hurts, you, you see that as, and, and you, oh, that ache and that pain of, of the hurting of my heart is worse than any love I could feel. No, no, it's not. It's so much the opposite of love that you understand how opposite it is. But when you feel that love again, you don't think that that love is the opposite of all of that hurt. Because you've been taught that the opposite of love is not anti-love, it's hate. So you think that hate is the opposite of love, not heartache. That's where you're wrong. Hate is the opposite of goodness and holiness, not love. It's not love or hate. It's love or no love, love or lack of love, love or heartbreak. That's the opposite to love, not hate. Hate is the opposite of good. Light is the opposite of darkness. Darkness isn't the opposite of love. Love is the opposite of darkness. Ah, why is that? Because love is so much bigger than darkness. Darkness can only go to the sixth density, halfway through that. Love is forever and can go to the one. That's twice, more than twice. Because what? From six plus six is only 12. Six plus three is one. 
So you have to be past 12 to the 13. Half of six or double six halfway through is not 13. It's only halfway through 12. So you see, but that other half is as big as a whole to make it to the one. That's the 13. That's you. You're the 13th warrior. Look up Michael Crichton's book, The 13th Warrior, or watch the movie. You're the 13th warrior. That's what he's trying to tell you. You, Jesus tried to tell you that too. Every person from every book, and I'll end there, every person from every scroll who was the hero character, the savior character, was trying to empower you and tell you you are the savior you're waiting for. You're me. I'm you. Jesus was trying to tell you that. Don't look to the churches. They're not your savior. You are. Look within you. That's why they killed him because of his message. It wasn't put your ass in our seats and pay the tithing. That's what all the other religions are now. Get your ass in our synagogue or in our church. Sit your ass here and give us money so that our asses don't have to work for a living and we can sit around and have you slaves do all the work for us. In fact, you'll pay us to wear a million-dollar robe and say that we're the holy God on earth. Okay. I love you guys. Share this out, share this out, share this out. This is Orion Rising. I am your host, Leonard O'Neill. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, or good morrow, depending on where in the world you are or when in your reality you are tuning into the show. Have a great night. I will see you guys Wednesday for Skull Island, if not before for some weird reason. Right? Otherwise, I'll be back on Skull Island Wednesday at 4 p.m. And then I'll be back here again on Orion Rising next week. Share this out. If you think that I'm full of crap, you won't eventually. <laughs> it's like it's like in the vampire movies, right, with the lichens, when at the very beginning you meet the, the hunter and she's the star of the show. And when she uh, finds out that the vampire is working with the lichens, she goes to waken up the, the head of the coven to tell him. And he says, Celine, one day you're going to agree with me. You will understand. what, And you think he's the evil, the devil. Four movies later, you realize he's the freaking guy who's trying to save all of humanity and all of both races, the lichens and the vampires. And he gets killed for it. And then she realizes that he was right. So things, are, no, but don't judge a book by its cover. Sometimes we can only give you the tools. That's what this hand that you see in space with the world in it. Or, or you just see the hand there, and that's the person. Here's the tools that are reality uh, that I'm trying to give to you. You have to accept those from me. Uh, and then what you do with those is up to you. And when you decipher what those tools are uh, is, is, is th th when you figure out the way. I can tell you the way, but if you're not ready for it, it doesn't matter how many times I show it to you, you won't see it until you're ready for it yourself. Right? Okay. I love you guys. Those of you who stayed around, I love you. Have a great night. I'll see you later.